Hey y'all, welcome to the podcast where a group of friends do life together. We'll discuss it all from burpees to barbecue to baby wigs and everything in between, all while honoring the Lord and filling our lives with lots of laughs. Hey y'all, welcome back. Um, We are so excited to have you here today with us. Um, Don't forget that you can follow us on converseandcrowns.com. We have some blogs over there that kind of relate to what we've been talking about. We have pictures and about us and you can submit questions. We have a questions um, episode coming up and um, we we have some good options. So I think we might do that again. So don't forget you do that over there. Um, also, don't forget you can sign up for Hey Y'all the Wrap Up, which is our monthly newsletter where we put all the resources we talk about and um, pictures, recipes, anything that we think y'all might find interesting. Um, so you can do all of that over there. Oh, and follow us on Instagram at heyall underscore the podcast. Okay, this week our yummy y'all was, I know this will shock everybody who has listened thus far, compadres. <laughs> um, we went to lunch, right? We're recording this on a Sunday and we went to lunch right after church and of course went to our favorite spot to see some of our, our people. So it was delicious as always. And we know that some of y'all have um, started going to Compadres. Yes. So heard us talk about it, um, which is exciting, but also like, don't make our place busy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't go there a lot. <laughs> yes, ask before you go. <laughs> so good. Oh, goodness. Okay. All right. So uh, today's episode is going to be on the Enneagram. Um, if you know me personally, you know I'm pretty obsessed with it. Um, and I think I've kind of gotten everybody in this group, you know, talking Rubbed about it and stuff. It, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, we just want to kind of give you a brief overview and then we'll kind of jump into maybe more the personal, um, side of, side of it for us and kind of how it's impacted our life. Um, so if you have no idea what the Enneagram is, it's a, um, personality, uh, typing system, I guess you can say the biggest deal though, um, the difference in the Enneagram and all these other like personality tests and things like that that you can do is most of those other ones focus on external behaviors. Um, whereas the Enneagram really is more of a narrative type thing that focuses on the why and your motivation behind what you do. Um, and so basically, A lot of times you'll see it represented as a symbol um, that's got nine numbers and some lines and stuff like that. You can get super in-depth with it. Um, But basically, you know, just for the purposes of this, what it is is um, it kind of categorizes personalities into nine different types. Um, And people have characteristics of all nine types, but you typically lead with one of those types. And that's kind of um, what your core motivation is. Um, and within each Enneagram number, you have a core motivation, a core fear, um, a core longing, um, and things like that. And that is kind of explained in the narrative of what each number is. Um, it's not necessarily a Christian, um, like a Christian personality typing system. But what you find is because a lot of times those core fears and and longings and stuff like that are oftentimes attached to like a sin that you struggle with more, um, that it is a tool that is very enlightening and very awakening um, for you to 
self-assess to um, kind of use as a GPS in your life to um, grow yourself um, and grow your faith. That's what it's been for me. Um, I think it was a tool that was just very, um, very, it, 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 it was just very common, like the way that it talked and things like that. It opened my eyes tremendously. Um, so yeah, so, um, you do, it, it also kind of encompasses, um, in periods of stress or when you're less healthy, um, most of the, uh, the teachings are that you point towards, um, a stress number. So like if I'm a five, um, in stress, I go to a seven and that's kind of part of the circle with the lines and things like that. You also have, um, in health, you pick up characteristics from your healthy number. So as a five in health, I go to an eight. And so I pick up those, um, positive characteristics of an eight, um, and things like that. So it helps you to kind of see, um, where you are as far as, um, being healthy or being stressed, it helps you recognize um, things in yourself that um, you're, you're kind of starting to slip towards an unhealthy place. So a lot of times if you understand it more, you kind of can grab yourself um, and get yourself back on track a little bit quicker. Um, I think one of the biggest things and, and a lot of this, um, I know, I've read like Beth McCord is, um, is a really big Enneagram teacher that comes at it from a Christian perspective. And, and her biggest thing is to remind everybody that the Enneagram cannot transform you, um, uh, at all. Um, the gospel is the only thing that can transform you. It's just, um, the Enneagram is a tool that you can use to provide clarity in your life, um, to help you see the gospel fully. Mm -hmm. Um, and then to share that with others um, around around you and in your realm and things like that. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of a brief overview, I think. Anybody yeah. have anything else? I think that, you know, what you said of helping you kind of understand yourself better and also understand others, I think we'll get into it when we start kind of sharing our personal side of it, but understanding giving grace yeah that's a word Chrissy uses a lot in regards to the Enneagram yeah. well and I think yeah I think that's just because that was the the main thing that I saw yeah. like when when it when I saw clarity through the Enneagram that was maybe the one area that I realized I was lacking the most in with the people around me so um and I know we will probably talk about resources but um the Road Back to You is a Christian book that views it from a Christian perspective and has like the spiritual aspects and all that. And I found that to be very helpful, especially focusing on my number sin struggle. Um, because it was so very like, oh, you're right. That is very, very eye-opening and very, very clear how that kind of ties into everything. Um, so yeah, kind of like with anything that, you know, self-help that you read um it's not going to ultimately change you unless you have been ultimately changed um but there's so much wisdom in it mm -hmm. i think that can really you know help how you interact with others yes. or just the almost how you interact with yourself that's yeah. become more of a 
uh, perspective. I think I've had recently. Yeah. yeah. I think I give myself more grace too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For sure. Which is not something that's easy for my Enneagram. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, just like I was saying, you know, a lot of times it kind of acts like a GPS mm-hmm. and you start recognizing characteristics in yourself that are like sliding towards mm-hmm. that weakness or stressed mm-hmm. side of it. Um, and a lot of times that's where those characteristics start showing up when your um, relationship with Christ is maybe mm-hmm. not at its strongest, right? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Because we live our fullest life when we are the most healthy and the most in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times that's where you see those high side, high characteristics of everything. Um, so it, I use it a lot as a GPS. I mean, I start looking around and I'm like, you know, I know when I'm becoming more scattered, like things are not going well. Um, and I would have never, ever recognized that without the Enneagram. It just would have been what I did until I got out of it, you know, type deal. Um, but now I see it a lot quicker and, and I think I just, you know, can give myself that grace and go, yeah, you're right. It's a tough, it's a tough spot to be in, Christy, you know, um, but then I can move past that a lot quicker. So. I like how it kind of gives you like the levels as far as unhealthy. Like if you're in an unhealthy spot, these are the characteristics that you may start experiencing. Mm-hmm. If you're in a healthy one, you can kind of see this. So like you're saying, use it as a GPS. You can yeah. kind of gauge, mm-hmm. okay, something's not right mm-hmm. somewhere. We need to start yeah. working on it. Yeah. You, and you can start that self-assessment process. Self-assessment. That is a great word. Um, yes. A lot quicker mm-hmm. than maybe you can when you don't have a tool like this yeah. to, to do. And I think, you know, like, uh, what's it, Briggs Myers? Yes. Like that. You know, a lot of times I take those and they're like, you're an introvert. And that's like really all you get. But that's an external, you know, like that's an external characteristic that, you know, people see me as an introvert. That doesn't help me, in my opinion, it does not help me as well to figure out how to be a better version of myself or to give other people grace or anything like that. So, um, So, anyway. I was going to say, I think within kind of what Brittany was saying as well, being able to look at other people, knowing the Enneagram number for those that are in your life, being able to look at them and say, okay, they're not just being a jerk. They're acting out and unhealthy, like something's wrong here. Yeah. You know? um, where in the past, you know, my thought may be they're trying to drop me insane intentionally. <laughs> I know they are. <laughs> that, yeah. That's not it. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's such a good like balance of how to. Yeah handle ourselves and others and just a reminder that like you know there are nine different i mean of course there's more than nine varieties of personality types you know we know more than nine but that core personality types there's at least nine of those in the world if you look at the enneagram and just the grace that you can have just knowing the diversity in the body of christ and um and understanding those and understanding how other people operate within those, like the weaknesses and the strengths and stuff like that, you are able to give grace and, and also work towards unity, which is what we're called right. to. Right. You know? um, and so I, I think, you know, sure you can look at it from just, this is another personality typing system, or you can look at it as a, a very, um, in a very Christian view, um, as far as like growing and, and I, I think that that's what it's been for me. So do we want to go around and say what we are so that 
Do you want me to read, like, kind of yeah, go through the non-types? Yeah, and then, yeah. Non-types. Um, so what I'm going to do is uh, we'll say the type. We'll say kind of like um, what kind of nickname they're called or whatever. Um, and then I'd like to say the, the core weakness, which a lot yeah. of time is the sin. Um, yeah. And I'm not trying to be whatever, <laughs> you know, about it. Like, I don't want it to be bad, but I think that that's, a lot of times that's where you pick up, like, oh, maybe that's where yeah. I kind of When things in. hit a little closer. Yeah. 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 So, um, so type one, and if y'all want to add anything, um, or have a better nickname, just speak into it. So type one is like the reformer or the perfectionist. Um, and their core weakness a lot of time is resentment. Um, they, a lot of times, um, kind of repress anger and it leads to just, you know, continued frustration and dissatisfaction. Um, and so that's kind of where their weakness is at. Type two is the helper. Um, and their core weakness is pride. Um, and so a lot of times they, um, that pride is seen as like denying your own needs and emotions while you use really strong intuition to, to focus on everybody else. Um, and then eventually you kind of do that to the point where that pride then becomes the main thing. Type three is the achiever or performer. Um, and their core weakness or sin um, is deceit. Um, and so a lot of times you see them deceiving themselves, believing that they're, you know, the only, only what they are to others. And so a lot of times they put on, they kind of call them like the chameleon. So whatever group they're in, they fit in really well. They, you know, they perform well with whoever. Um, type four, the individualist. What's one of the other, there's something, there's another nickname for that. I've always, yeah, the individual, because that's the big. Okay. Focus. For some reason, I was like, there, there's something there else that they call it. Okay. Um, so their core weakness is envy. Um, and they always kind of feel like they're tragically flawed um, or that something's missing inside them. You know, people, um, people, other people have the qualities that they lack. Um, and they're constantly kind of trying striving, to yeah. strive to fill that, you know, type thing. Um, type five is the investigator. Um, and their weakness is avarice. Um, and so what that is, is um, like a feeling that you lack the inner resources or um, if you have too much interaction with others, you're going to be depleted completely. Um, and so that shows up a lot of times like withholding themselves and their resources from others. Um, type six is the loyalist, their weaknesses and anxiety. Um, so they're constantly just kind of like looking at every situation, like pulling out, you know, the negative outcomes, um, what could happen, you know, just constantly um, trying to predict and work through that stuff. Type seven is the, enthusiast um and their core weakness is gluttony and so they kind of have this feeling of like emptiness inside and they just are constantly looking for something to fill them up so the next best thing yeah the next best thing and so you know a lot of times we i think in this time we associate gluttony with food um but you know it can be gluttony in anything so um you know 
uh, go to a, a, um, an amusement park and I just want to ride, 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 ride the roller coasters, you know, until, you know, until I just feel like I've had some fun or whatever. Um, type eight is the challenger. Um, and so their core weakness is lust or excess. They're constantly desiring intensity and control and power. And so they're asserting that um, on the people around them a lot of times, which is good in certain situations, but it's not always good. Um, you know, it can be too much. And that's what we're talking about in these weaknesses. And then type nine is the peacemaker. Their core weakness is sloth. Um, and so it's just kind of a remaining in an unrealistic and idealistic world in order to keep peace. So they just kind of like camp out there, like not, you know, trying not to rock the boat more or less. Um, they have a tendency to like fall asleep to their passions, abilities, desires, needs, and worth. Um, so, and as Christy said, like, those are the weaknesses, like all of that sounded kind of like negative, yeah. <laughs> but if you understand one, that God created us all and you know, all these personality types, obviously there's good in it mm -hmm. as well. Um, and so we'll talk about that as we go along. Cause I can think like, you know, people I know who have one personality type or not, like there are such amazing things that come out of it. Um, but it really is kind of like with any other gift you've been given of how you use it, how you, you know, um, go within that. So do we want to tell what we are? And yeah. And I think in this, like now that it's more personal to us, tell like the good side of yeah. it. So how does your number, like I just told all the, the weaknesses, <laughs> kind of what is the strength in your number? You want me to start? Yeah. I'll start. Everybody's looking at the ground. I'll start. I am a two-wing one, so I'm a helper with a very, very, very strong perfectionist wing. Like, when every time I take the test, it is almost neck and neck. And the reason I know I'm for sure two is because one of the big things that is labeled within that is your, like, core motivation. Um, and... I remember talking, if y'all hear us laugh, there's a dog on the move. We will put her in the newsletter and actually on the move. Okay. Um, Annie. But, Come here, Annie okay. girl. But I remember when we first started talking about this, I knew I was a two. We had gone on a girl's trip to Meg's camp on the coast and it was me, Meg and Christy. And I didn't know Christy very well. Um, but we were talking about the Enneagram and um, I said, oh, I'm a two. And so Christy, being the number that she's going to explain, goes, let me pull out all the resources and explain to you what that means. And the thing she said is that the core like motivation or fear was not being loved or being unworthy of love. And I started tearing up because that just like, yes, like that. Okay, other, this isn't like this weird thing, because I'm obviously very loved. I'm loved by my family and loved by friends. But like, that's always been a fear in the back of my mind, right? Like some version of it, which is why I choose a people pleaser, right? Because that's what you're trying to do. So that's how I know I am definitely a two over a one. But sometimes that perfectionist swing one acts up. And um, oh dear. But on the good side, um, being a two, I am 
intuitive and I, I say I have the spiritual gift of discernment. Um, history has proven that thus far. Um, but I enjoy serving. I know I have skills built around that that the Lord has gifted me with. Um, that wing one of being the like detail-oriented perfect helps with those things. Um, that also you know, leads into my vocation of being a teacher. How I didn't know I was going to be a teacher when I was younger. I do not know. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are definitely good things that come out of that. But I will say twos are probably the most rationally emotional. Now, there are others that are emotional and different. But like what you would think of as like the mushy, gushy people. But that's me. <laughs> Chick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am a type nine, which is the peacemaker, and I have a wing of eight, which calls me the referee. So some of the really good things about <laughs> the positives of being a nine, um, you have a really good ability to see things from multiple perspectives because mm -hmm. you're always trying to keep the peace, mm -hmm. keep the harmony, whether that's just like within my own peace of mind or like the world around me. Um, being able to mediate conflicts between other people, being that middle person. Um, and being open-minded to all types of things. Um, as far as my little wing eight over there, um, it makes it easy to see right and wrong and you have a strong sense of justice. So that time, I'm not very assertive in certain matters until it gets to mm -hmm. like a, an injustice of sorts. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's definitely me, 100%. <laughs> Doing anything you can to keep the peace. Keep the peace, yeah. Good or bad. Um. <laughs> It, I just, I love the Enneagram so much, but because it is just accurate. If uh -huh. you really figure out yeah. honestly who you are, like, and it, it, I don't know, it does help. Okay. Anyway, that that's not the question. The question is what Enneagram am I? I am a two like Bailey, but I have a wing three, a very hard wing three. Um, sometimes I wonder if I'm a three wing two because mine are so closely tied and like, the foundations of both of them I relate to so like you said with your one like you relate so much to the two that's how you know you're a two I really struggle with if I'm the two or three because my my wing is so strong um but yes yeah, it's very strong um so yes I'm a little touch competitive but I'm not athletic so it's a tough cross to bear um, I think some of the good things that come, I'm fairly optimistic. I try, you know, even when things seem that, you know, are falling apart, I try to be optimistic. I'm good at, um, building relationships and encouraging people through those relationships. Um, I love to serve. I have a passion for serving. Um, so I think those are some of the good things that kind of come with, with a two wing three. Um, I think those are the ones off the top of my head I can kind of thing. I think encouragement is my big and, and also just, I feel like kind of like you said, I feel I have the spiritual gift of discernment too. So I can a lot of times discern what somebody needs. And then I, you know, I'm comfortable building them up. I know yeah. not everybody is comfortable with that. So um, I find comfort and get joy out of, out of doing that. So. And I think that us having the same core number, but different wings and being, I was going to say, if you know me and Bailey, you're probably you like, know. they're the same thing, but we are, and but I think that says yeah. a lot to how it's, how it does, now. because yeah. our wings are very different, which it's is what makes us sure. very different. Yeah. But the whole thing with relating to like having the fear of not being loved, I'm the same way. Mm -hmm. I was loved 
every day of my life, my whole life, but I still have that. How can I be better? What can I do to be better to make sure, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so I, I relate with that too. So, um, I am probably one of the least, um, normal numbers on the Enneagram. I guess there's just not like a large number of people, um, especially not females. It's not typical for female to have this, but, um, or to lead with this one, but I'm a five, the investigator. Um, I can remember when I heard about the Enneagram, I took the test. It kind of leaned towards a five. I read some stuff. I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Um, and then I heard a, um, an interview with somebody who was a five. So like a lot of pointed questions, kind of, you know, just like a narrative telling of what a five was and kind of finding them. And I literally just remember going, wow, I had no idea that anybody else in the world thought the same as me. Um, and so um, that in and of itself is a five. Yes. <laughs> um, it's just that very much um, observer and investigator. So um, I think one of the best things about me is that um, I do seek knowledge a lot of times. And so um I think that comes into play really well in the career that I'm in. Um, And I think the friendships and the relationships that I've built, like I've become um, that for people, um, just like a well of knowledge. I always feel like I do not have enough. Um, And so uh, sometimes I I seek too much, but I think it is a good thing overall. Um, I'm very perceptive. because a lot of times you read, you know, fives are the people who are like, I am not like Meg at all. I'm not going to perform anything. So I want to watch like 17 trials, you know, <laughs> of like doing something before I'm like, okay, maybe I got it. Um, it the, like, so I'm very perceptive in seeking knowledge um, and uh, cerebral. Um, and so I think sometimes that can be a really bad thing. I think Um, one of the best things for that is I am not overly emotional. And so I've had people tell me before in a crisis and in the, just the thick of things, like I am one of those people that they would like to be around just because not, you know, it may come off as stoic, but it also just comes across as like, I'm strong in that Mm -hmm. moment and I'm not going to be swayed, um, in an emotional situation. So, um, I've been, in the ER a couple of times with people I've been, you know, right after finding out really bad news and it's uncomfortable for me to have to be around like that much emotions. Um, but I I have realized now that it's a comfort, um, to people in some of those situations. So I think that's probably, um, and then I, they've said their wings. Um, I have a wing four, um, which is really strange, um, because that's kind of the artsy like individualist, Um, and so if you ask me, I'm pretty good at everything I do. (laughs) Um, no, but like at the same time, I think, um, that shows up a lot of times in how I rest or how I enjoy things. Um, and that shows up a lot in my hobbies. Um, so, you know, like I like to do photography, um, I've done woodworking and things like that. So I read a lot about it and I know a lot about all of it, but, um, my hobbies and my passions tend to be more of a um, artsy type thing and I think and I know I personally have seen this with Christy and Brittany because like I said me if I go Meg if I have an issue 
I know that on most things she's gonna agree with me. So I only call her if that's what the opinion you want. Um, but that's funny. I know it's true. that Brittany and Christy can see different perspectives. And you know, Brittany sees both sides of it. Um and you know that provides clarity, especially when sometimes all I can see is one side. And Christy has that, she calls it stoic, but that kind of what we talked about, pulling back perspective of being able to look at things rationally, um, that I think it, it's such a beautiful picture of how, whether it be friendships, family, romantic relationships, whatever, you have these different people. If you can appreciate the differences and go, okay, instead of saying, you know, Chrissy's not giving me the support that I want because right. she's talking rationally. Girl, right. I don't want that, you know? Okay. Um, but like, no, she's show, you know, um, I think there's a lot of beauty in that, yeah. um, that I have truly learned to appreciate. Um, are we into like the personal, because I have something that goes with that. Yeah. Okay, I think sure. so. Yeah. Can go into it. We really don't have much plan now. Um, so when we first went on that trip, and Chrissy may or may not remember this. Me and Meg talk about this all the time because it's a core memory for me. Um, we went on this trip, and then I don't even remember why we went down there. We went to, if you're from this area, we went to Dirt Cheap, um, which is exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. It's Shout out to Christy. <laughs> not this Christy, my yeah. Aunt Christy. Yeah, aunt Christy. If you don't know what Dirt Cheap is, Oh, it's it's an heaven experience. on earth. Anywho, it's um, it's a scavenger hunt, but you have to pay for it. Yeah, like it's an two dollars, um, you have to pay two dollars for it. But we went, we had had this big long, like we were up till like two or three in the morning having this conversation the night before. Like, we were a lot younger. This we was younger. this was many years ago. Um, sitting there having this conversation and like Chrissy had kind of told her personality type and we'd started, I'm not sure Meg had even taken the test yet. Like we were figuring it all out. So we go to dirt cheap the next day. And when me and Meg go shopping, which happens a lot because we're off at the same time and we're involved in a lot of the same projects that require shopping, we go shopping together. We have partners in crime. We literally put that on the reels, um, on Instagram and about half of y'all were correct and agreed with us, but we looked up and Chrissy was gone. And we were like, oh no. And our first thought, literally, both of us go, did we say something? Did we do something wrong? Because my, my first thought, if I just up and walked off from you and didn't tell you where I was going, I'm angry about right. something. And then we, we literally stood like in the racks of clothes <laughs> and went, no, she told us last night that she might just like, she wanted to, she likes to do stuff on her own. Okay, she's not mad. This is okay. And we made a decision that we weren't going to go look for you because you weren't upset with us. Okay, now knowing you, that's hysterical because <laughs> you may wander off and be gone for an hour. And that's fine. But we were, we literally had conversations standing in the 50 cent, you know, pants rack, talking about, okay, is she mad at us or not? No, she told us, like, this is her personality type. So. Um, that is and then I remember, much... like, I didn't know that that part of it happened, but I remember the reason that I wandered off was they had book bags, like really nice book bags. Oh, yeah, I remember your book Just bag. like a ridiculous, yeah. like, yes, amount yes. off, you know, and so I got, to, I was like, okay, well, I might need, like, a smaller book bag because I had, you know, from college or whatever, 
Well, the reason I needed a book bag was because I had decided to go on a mission trip to Brazil and had told no one. Yeah, so I literally like pick up a book bag and they're like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, yeah, it's the RFID, you know, uh -huh. you, you know, like you can't, you're not supposed to hack through it or whatever. And I was like, I think it'll be really good when I go to Brazil. And they're both like. Yeah, we didn't know about that. What? Like, <laughs> clearly had no clue. But, you know, um, I guess because I had made the decision myself. And, you know, right. um, again, one of the negative sides of a five a lot of time is um, the isolation. Like, you're constantly um, kind of in a, like, reminding yourself it's okay to give of your time yeah. and not hoard your resources or hoard yourself or who you are from other people. So, but yeah. So that is a negative of me. I do well, wander off by myself. It's just, but it's, it doesn't bother you. Yeah. Or like me. Uh, and like, and we have learned through that. I know I have learned specifically um, that like not to take everything. Like it's not a personal one. Everybody is not thinking about me. Like <laughs> calm down, pride. Like, <laughs> rude. I mean, and that has actually, that growth is all, I went out um, with a guy who was a, is a five. He is very much a five, whether he agrees or not. And um, like it was not unusual for me to like text him and be like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And he'd be like, "I'm in Oklahoma. <laughs> Last night you were here. Why are you in Oklahoma?" And he'd be like, "I, I felt like flying okay, like which was cool. Like I love that he could. And that that's neat to me. But I had learned that's so strange. And had I not already." had experience knowing Christy, that would have, I would have been like, hey, why didn't Peter, like, man, he just on his own planet, it's fine. <laughs> um, you know, and that, like you said, grace. I mean, it really does just help you kind of view people differently. Um, and I know, I almost made a comment when Brittany was giving her number, but I thought, oh, wait. So <laughs> Brittany being a nine, my mother is a nine, Hello, mother. <laughs> <laughs> because she makes fun of me every time she'll do something. I'm like, it's because you're a nun. Um, but it really is. There were so many things that used to drive me bonkers until I read that, wrote back to you, and it lists out like every, and they'll be like, you know, a two does this. It'll be like, a nine does this. And some, I'm talking specific yeah. examples, yeah. were the very things that drove me insane that my mother does. And now that I know that she is not, in fact, trying to drive me insane. <laughs> Um, it doesn't bother me the same yeah. way. And I'll say, being the peacemaker nun, I bet your girl, like, having a mom that could see both sides, mm -hmm. and, go, like, that was such a bit. Now, my mom is a weak one. Me and her, the perfectionism, <laughs> it's genetic. Um, but that's such a good thing, like, as a parent. I mean, even. I do feel one. like because I'm one of three sisters, so whenever we were growing up, we were all a year apart, basically. So it was always two versus one. It didn't matter um, which two versus one right. or what it was about, but it was always two versus one. So there was always somebody fighting. So I think that has helped me yeah. for my two children who still fight. Um, because then that's part of like when everybody fights, it's like, okay, do you understand why she did this? Well, do you understand why she did this? Right. It, um, I think it helps at least. Yeah. I think it's that. yeah. I think it's a very, like it's a very strong. Um, like I can see where your your perspective. We would probably tend to look at a situation similar mm -hmm. on the outside to somebody, um, because I am going to see the whole picture and the whole like like Bailey said right. more of a rational you know or 
in my head, I feel like I have a library card system mm -hmm. that I like file, you know, experiences in and can pull out like, oh, this experience is like this experience five years ago. And this is how it worked out. And these were the positives and negatives of it and things like that. So we might say the same things, mm -hmm. um, but from two totally different perspectives. Right. And I feel like yours is, um, and I kind of envy this about the nine, but I feel like it's from more of like a human perspective. Mm -hmm. So you are pulling in more of that emotion and that like ability to um, see the people. Whereas I am pulling in more of the ability to see the, the facts, the facts mm -hmm. and the situation. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and I think like, I mean, I, I say I envy that. I think maybe I used to envy that. Okay. Now I appreciate that. And I can see the world needs me and Brittany. Right. Mm -hmm. And they need to hear both sides of the story from two different yes. perspectives or whatever. Right. So I know for me, it's helped. It's helped me be a better teacher, like mm -hmm. understanding just, not that I know what Enneagram my students are, but sometimes I, I think, oh, that kid's of this or whatever. And it, it just helps you, like y'all have been saying, give grace and just be patient with people. Um, and just, they, they just don't, not everybody thinks like you do. And something somebody can do can frustrate me so much because I think I would never have done that. But it's because they just don't think and function like me. So it has helped me in the classroom for sure, being a teacher, just, um, giving grace to my kids, just understanding, okay, they just process this different mm -hmm. or they think different or their motivation is different than mine. So that has helped me. I think that's the biggest thing I've gotten. I mean, obviously for myself and growth, but just for the outside, just helping me be a better teacher and dealing with students. So question just to kind of maybe, it sounds like all of us, like the grace for other people is kind of the biggest, like overarching thing. But is there something that once you knew your number and you really started like reading about it and thinking about it, is there one thing that you are the most proud of, like that you now recognize or that you've been able to work on? Yes, because well, my weakness is sloth. And it's so horrible to say it really is. <laughs> really they are. They, yes, yes, they are. But um, like, and I am divorced. So I, I will say like when my world came crashing and burning and all that, it is, it was very easy to be very reclusive. Mm -hmm. I am staying within my four walls. We will go nowhere. We will do nothing. Mm -hmm. And I can see how that complacency can really look good to a nine because mm -hmm. if I stay in these four walls, if I'm right here, my world is fine. Mm -hmm. Everything's fine. And it's very easy to try to put your head in the sand and ignore other things. Um, and then once y'all started talking about the Enneagram, I think right whenever I started joining the Bible fellowship class, I kind of started looking into it and do all the things. And that, that has been several years after my divorce, by the way. Um, and I can see we're like, oh, okay. So in an unhealthy way, and when I'm experiencing unhealthy tendencies, this kind of stuff happens and you can actively see when you are healthy. It's, it's not, I mean, I can see where I don't want anything to rock my little world, but I also have to know that things are going to rock my little world. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. And so you just kind of have to have a little more sense of um, being adaptable, I guess. Is that a word? Adaptable? Adaptable? Anyways, um, to kind of go through all that. There's no, like, no major specific example, but I just going from like, like I said, whenever we were divorced and all of that started happening, it was just very easy to stay 
by myself, not include anybody, you know, just kind of stay with us. And in looking at all of the really, really unhealthy tendencies, I can see where that is. I can see where people fall really easily into that kind of just like lifestyle of just going nowhere, doing nothing, go work, go home. And that's it. Because it keeps your feet. It does. It does. Nobody else is bothered. I'm not bothering anybody. I'm glad we're not like that or anything. Yeah. And I was never in that kind of space, right. mother, if you're listening. It was, <laughs> it was fine. But just see that that could easily, that, yeah. you could easily well, spiral think, down with yeah, that kind and of I stuff. Think just knowing that now and mm-hmm. like now you have this GPS. Okay. Mm-hmm. If this complacency starts to look like this, mm-hmm. this is a negative. Exactly. Get up and go do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got, I've got to change like, because I can see mm-hmm. how quickly I can get there. Because I am a homebody and I love to be at my house and I love to just like be with my family and spend my weekends with them, you which is my little world. Speaking my mother's heart. <laughs> she is listening right now. So yes, see, yes, like, that's my mother. Thank you for telling me so. <laughs> Speaking of afterwards, I'm going to need to know about all these things that your mother did drive you crazy to, to see if, to see if we're doing them too. So what about y'all? Like, is there something that? Like, other than just giving the grace. I think recognizing people pleasing um, and how, see, putting the perfectionism close to that is not a good thing because then we people please by trying to be perfect in what we're doing. Um, But recognizing why I was trying to do that and truthfully recognizing the feelings of, for example, someone says something or makes an offhanded comment that isn't meant to be like soul crushing, I automatically took it as, see, you aren't worthy of love. Mm-hmm. See, you, you will never be good. You're not attractive. You're not whatever. Because those are the fears I've had since I was, you know, yeah. like I remember being worried about that as a kid. Mm-hmm. Once again, not because I was not loved. This does not make sense. I'm just saying that like in my mind, I always have kind of, not felt like, but kind of subconsciously been like, if I do enough, that that's, if I can be, if I can make the right grades, it makes my teacher happy in there. If I can behave well, you know, whatever. And so recognizing where that's coming from is kind of like step one of undoing, performing in a way. Um, I mean, and even something small, um, there's a meeting that we have on Wednesday nights, once a month at church, that is a good meeting, but in the grand scheme of my life, it's superfluous. I do not have, like, the earth will not stop spinning. Our Bible fellowship class will not stop meeting if I do not go to this meeting. And I was running myself ragged trying to do that um, a couple months ago. And I finally went, why are you, are you going? Because you get a whole lot out of it. Are you going because you're afraid that you're going to let other people down? And I was like, we won't be going back to that for a while. And I made that decision and I've had a few people question me and I feel so, so guilty. And they're like, you know, and they're not trying to be like ugly or anything. Just we miss you. We want to say, which I get, but I was going to please people. I was mm-hmm. not going because it benefited me or was truthfully something healthy that I needed to be doing at the time. And that would not have happened five years ago. I wouldn't have recognized it. Yes. I think for me, I don't know if I'm going to word this well. Um, Cause I, I, a hundred percent relate to if I can do this just a little better, if I can do that just a little bit. And again, I never in my life never felt unloved, but it was always just a fear, you know, like, 
always trying to do the best. I think mine with my wing three comes from sometimes I will do so well recognizing what I can do for everybody else. And I just run myself ragged trying to be the encourager or keep everybody excited or whatever it may be. And I come home and I'm just dead. I don't have time or I don't have the energy. I mean, I sit down to read my Bible and I think, okay, I've done it for five minutes. I can go to bed now. You know, like, and I, I take things from my life that I need that fulfills me because I'm so worried about doing for everybody else. Because in some ways I feel like, like I love the gym more than anything. And I love my classes more than anything, but I sometimes feel responsible for everybody else. And that's not true. I mean, it's everybody else's decision, whether they come and if they get anything out of it, but I just sometimes feel almost like the weight of the world on me to have to make everybody else better, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I've recognized that. And that was part of my word of the year is like understanding my true purpose and like fulfilling that for me and what Christ has called me to do, not for everybody else. Um, so I've really tried this year. I know this week I'm taking a whole week off at the gym Yay! and that is not something I ever, and I, I have never done that since I've been coaching. Cause I just always feel guilty, but like I've had an elbow that has been really sore and I'm honestly just tired. I just need a break. And so for me to step back and say, okay, just take a week off. Like the world will keep spinning. People can still go work out if they want to. Like I'm not responsible for everybody else. And so for me, that is a huge, cause kind of like you said, I mean, six months ago, I would not have taken off a whole week. So for me to do that is, um, I think growth for me, but I, I feel the same thing you do with the weight of the world, but I feel it on that three wing of like having to just encourage the heck out of everybody else, you know, and, and to the point that it drains me, which is not good, you know. I think mine, the seeing others, like the grace component was by far the biggest. The second biggest that is likened unto it, I guess, is um, relaxing boundaries. Um, fives are really, really good at boundaries, whether they know it or not, um, because and y'all have heard me say this in, in previous podcasts, like time is a huge currency for me um, and how much time and effort I put into things. So that a lot of times is where the boundaries are. Um, like you draw the boundary of you don't want to spend time with this person or you don't want to spend time doing this, this, you know, act or whatever. Um, so I became, once I kind of recognized all of that, became very intentional um, in a lot of relationships, actually, you know, truth be known, the reason I'm friends with Bailey and Meg is because I had recently learned that I was a five and that was a point of growth for me as I challenged myself to like put time into something that, you know, like could be meaningful and like maybe I didn't always have time to give or I didn't have the capacity to be as vulnerable, but like I challenged myself to, to be more than what I was comfortable being. Um, same thing, like not long after I realized I was a five, my mom and I, I'm not really sure what my mom is, but, um, she, she just is very good at caring for other people. So mm -hmm. probably somewhere like a two or something like yeah. that. Um, a lot of times for a five that just, it was like a gut instinct, like a, <laughs> like you just showed up at my house with food. What are you doing? Um, things like that. I real once I kind of realized like 
I am not, like, I am hoarding myself from everyone else. I am taking away from them their ability to love the full me. Um, like, it really kind of hit me. And it was not long after that that I asked my mom to go to Hawaii with me for a week. I was doing a continuing ed. And I just remember consciously making the effort, like, my mom loves me, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, it is okay for her to love me in her way. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody does not have to love me the way that I feel comfortable being mm-hmm. loved. And when I did that, like, we had the best time that whole trip. Like, it was just completely different. Um, but there were lots of relationships in my life when I decided to let down the boundaries um, that I had created for whatever reason. Um, and that, that was a huge, um, I think it, it was easy for me because as an observer, I was very perceptive to, to that kind of stuff. But I think that was probably my biggest, aside from just giving grace to everybody else. And I think that just kind of learning and when, um, I read the road back to you, which I read it years ago, I'll try, if I can remember, I reviewed it for the blog. I'll put that, um, in the newsletter, but, um, one of the things for twos that said was, even though you have the gift of discernment and you probably can figure out what everybody's number is, try not to go around and tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know you're acting like this because you're a five? And let me tell you, there are times when you want to say that to somebody. But I think in that giving grace, we keep using that term, but I think, for example, with a five and a two, because a five and a two are about as different as yeah. you can get which can make relationships of any type very difficult. But being able to both be in a healthy place and say, okay, you know, the two is not trying to be overwhelming and overbearing on what they are doing. That's just, their, they, they love you, that's their version. I am not truly threatened. And as a two, being able to say the five is not being cold and standoffish and whatever, they just are not, they show emotion in a different way. And if I stop and stop, you know, judging them over that, like you can see it, there becomes this balance. And mm-hmm. like, I think that, you know, like I said, I appreciate having Christy as a friend because it is such, I think, a great relationship of balance. Um, but you have to understand that person mm-hmm. and be willing to. Kind of, I mean, I know you say boundaries a lot, for, but, like, change what fits my narrative, yeah. I think, yeah. is a big, a big portion of it. And being like, that's okay. My dad's an eight. Um, my dad probably does not listen to this, but I do. Um, and an eight is, you know, the challenger. You know my father. Um, but sometimes they're called the protector. Mm-hmm. And so my father is military, retired military. But, like... And that's what my number goes to when I am being naughty. And it was so funny because years before I knew what the Enneagram was, my mom would be like, you're acting just like your father might be in sassy. And it turns out, yes, no, I really am acting just like those bad traits, right? But my, my father does have that protection that, like, that's just his innate desire. I have seen him, you know, Bill, you know, watch a, a lady who's putting her stuff away in the Walmart parking lot, just to make sure she gets in her car. Like, God bless, he has saved every animal you can imagine. 
Um, but in that personality type, he also can be very gruff. And it took me a long time to understand, like, he's not being angry or mean, and he's not. He's just blunt. Like, that's just, and not in, like, even a rude way. It's just different from how I would approach it and kind of what Meg said earlier of thinking, well, I would have never said that. Right, mm -hmm. because y'all aren't the same. And, like, right. I think there's a maturity within that yeah. that you have to learn and just changing your, okay, this is this, or okay, no, they didn't, like, you know that they didn't mean it like that. You know that, and just kind of viewing more of that, I think, as well. Yeah, I think that's a good point to make, too, that, um, like, how you're two and he's an eight, well, in your unhealth, when you're the most unhealthy, the most stressed, you're going to that eight, and so um, you, you also have to think about things like that. Um, my sister-in-law and one of my really close friends are both eights. And so what you have to realize is we, we share a line is what's called on the Enneagram. Yeah. And so when I'm my healthiest, I move into an eight. When they are their weakest, they move into a five. And so we're crossing a bunch of different traits that are just not I mean, they're opposite of each other, you know, and so it can, if you're not careful, it can create mm -hmm. some difficult relationships. But I think with the maturity and with the understanding and the clarity that the Enneagram brings, because we know that we lead with those numbers, when we start seeing those traits in each other, we're, we're, we can kind of be like, you know, they can high five me like, hey, you're acting like us, you're doing great. Like, <laughs> you know, this is great. Um, and if they're coming more isolated and things like that, I'm like, hey, psst. Like, you don't want to be me. <laughs> you know, like, um, but I think understanding that once, specifically my sister-in-law and I had the conversation, our whole relationship changed as far as I'm concerned. Um, and it was never a bad relationship. It was just that we did not recognize that we had such competing um, characteristics yeah. um, and didn't really understand how to use those to benefit our entire family and, right. you know, the people around us. So yeah. I think, again, giving grace to other people, mm -hmm. like um, what is good in you is also what shows, you know, can, can be what shows somebody else is struggling, mm -hmm. you know, type deal. So. Yeah. I think to, to use the Enneagram in an effective way to like be a better friend or better daughter or whatever it is, you have to really, I think you have to start with yourself. Cause like, oh, I know, yeah. and like sure. with, you know, with twos, pride is an issue. So I can be really quick to point out somebody else's, you know, well, if they would just do this, this, and this, but you know, I do not like to point at me, but like in order to like, really, you have to like, be willing to grow yourself and like learn yeah. about you on the Enneagram and then you can like take it to just other relationships. But it is, I mean, it's been a game changer for me. Yeah, for sure. For, I mean, and for our relationships, yeah. you know, like just our friendships. It rocked my world for sure. Well, I'm glad it rocked yours because then you taught us about yeah. it. <laughs> and, and here we are. We have also been rocked. What do you think Annie is? <laughs> She's a Perfect. seven-wing yeah. eight, let me tell you. <laughs> we have a new member of the we Hey Y'all podcast. We'll put her in the, um, she hadn't said much, but we'll put her in the newsletter. I think just the biggest deal on the Enneagram is just to remember that um, 
you know, it does not matter what number you mm-hmm. are. You are uniquely and beautifully mm-hmm. made. Right. Yeah. Um, and no matter what list of negative traits are associated with it or what positive traits are associated with it or, or what somebody else tells you or anything like that, um, you have a part to play mm-hmm. in the body of Christ. Yeah. And no matter what your personality type is, Christ died for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just, again, it's a GPS, it's a tool um, that, you know, and some people like me, um, it, it does, it just makes the gospel even more clear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but yeah. bottom line is, you know, it, it, it does not overshadow, overshadow the gospel no. at all. Agreed. Okay. Okay. So for our yummies, y'all, that we talked about earlier, it was compadres and if we ate it already, (laughs) we ate it after church. Um, So I know we all got something different. I got a chicken fajita salad and it was really, really good, but that's not a surprise. Meg, what'd you get? I I got the compadre salad, which is what I get a lot. Um, The, the star of the show is definitely the fresh avocado. It's so good. I get, um, I think I only get two different things, yeah. but you know, it's pretty much this one all the time. The burrito deluxe, which is a steak burrito covered in cheese with some rice. Got to nix the pico. Um, just not a fan, but you got to put the extra cilantro. Bring the freshness. Yes, it is. <laughs> or the soap, your choice. Yes. Because we can all use differently. Yes. The star of the Enneagram show is cilantro. That yes. is like, um, I got the, I, I was feeling a while ago, I got some hot dog. You did. The Texas uh, taco salad, Texas fajita taco It had some of them Texas shrimp in it, yeah, too. Everything is bigger in Texas. Yeah, it was delicious. And, of course, we will put it on Instagram and if we can fit it in the newsletter. But, always, always. Thanks for tagging along. See y'all later. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.